0: Are You Just Watching is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network over at noodle.mx and is sponsored by me and my company, D. Joseph design. So you can get website design, web hosting, presentation design, podcast production, lots of cool stuff. Check out my portfolio at djosephdesign.com and contact me to see what I can do for you to make it look just totally awesome. Are you just watching? Episode 17, iRobot, part two. (laughs) Welcome back. I'm Daniel Lewis.
1: And I'm Eve Franklin.
0: And this is the one and only podcast that shares critical thinking for the entertained Christian. If you sent us some feedback about iRobot. Thank you very much. It'll
1: probably come in a feedback episode (laughs) later
0: on. (laughs) Yeah, because we're recording this right after our last episode. So we haven't had time unless you have a time machine and can send us feedback from the future and send it into the past right now. But the fact that I don't have any to share probably shows that a time machine wasn't invented any time that this episode (laughs) is being listened to. Right. Which is disappointing because that either means that time travel is never invented. Or
1: we don't last that that long into the future. Yeah. So it's kind of disappointing. (laughs) Oh, well.
0: (laughs) I am starting to talk weird. I'm, yeah, feeling weird. So not all that coherent.
1: (laughs) Yes. Daniel is, Daniel is uh, checked out mentally already tonight. (laughs) Besides
0: that fact, though, (laughs) I am getting married, (laughs) which at the time of this podcast release, which I don't know what time it will be, but I could be on my honeymoon at the time this that this is released. released. Wow. Probably not. This this is probably going out before then. But still, I yeah, getting <laughs> married soon and that's uh, exciting. <laughs> so stressful too. We're coming down to the final few weeks.
1: Right. We needed to get these episodes in so that we'd have something to, you know, put in the feed while Daniel is gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's lots of travel coming up, and right. wedding, and honeymoon, and all of that. and Getting will... a
1: house ready for a wife, yes. too. <laughs> yes,
0: and cleaning up from messes that have been made here in my house from accidents and stuff. You can hear about that over at <laughs> the <Lyman> <laughs> <Noodle> <laughs> <dot> com. <laughs> little uh, ah, yeah, yeah.
1: But we're here to talk about uh, I, Robot, the movie, and speaking of marriage, there's
0: Something I want to talk to you about that makes a great marriage between you and on, and meetings. Now, you might think, oh, me and meetings, that would make a terrible marriage. Well, you know, it probably would. But there's a better way to have meetings. So if you happen to marry yourself to a meeting, you can have a great relationship. And that is with online meetings. <laughs> I, I laugh at myself sometimes for these segues. <laughs> See, meetings are tough. they're expensive, they're inconvenient, but online meetings are great because you don't have to go places. You don't have to stay at hotels and those uncomfortable beds and whatever might be there living in the bed. You don't have the expenses of travel, the inconvenience, the stress, all of that. You can host your meeting online and the easiest way to host a meeting online is a solution brought to you by Citrix. It's called GoToMeeting which is interesting because you're not actually going anywhere. You can have your meeting from anywhere that you have an internet connection and people can join you a meeting from anywhere they have an internet connection. Even if they have iPads, they can join a meeting from their iPad and they can see what you have on your screen. You can show them presentations or show them something on your computer, whatever. It's just like meeting in person, but so much better and so much cheaper and so much more convenient. It's worth it. Our listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 45 days. For the special offer, you must visit GoToMeeting.com slash podcast. That's GoToMeeting.com slash podcast for a free 45-day trial. Thanks to Citrix. So back to the topic of <laughs> 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 interesting segues.
1: Well, well yes, uh, there is just a very smidgen of a mention of marriage and iRobot. It's actually not a mention mer- of marriage. It's a mention of divorce. Um, uh, there's a very interesting conversation between Dell and I think is it his aunt or his grandmother? I
0: think it's his grandmother, Gigi.
1: Gigi, yes. Yeah. You talk to Marcy?
0: His wife. No, Gigi, I haven't talked to Marcy. When I was coming up, we didn't just marry someone, then
1: divorce them, then not talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a giggle from me because he's pretending to fall asleep on her. Obviously, it's a well-worn conversation that. She wants him to continue to have a relationship with his wife, and obviously that relationship is long gone. In fact, he later compares his wife to Doctor Calvin, and that she, she, you know Doctor Calvin is very unemotional and cold, and <laughs> like an um, interesting conversation or comparison with his, his wife. Divorce is a touchy subject in our society. I think that uh, yeah. it, it's it's uh, for a Christian we know that divorce is wrong. It's very biblically. Uh, it does say in that G- that Jesus allowed divorce, or actually Moses Moses allowed divorce because God knew that because of the frailty of man, he had to give them an out to marriage, but that it was actually wanted, uh, you know, that the divorces, it was really not supposed to occur because when, when two, a man and a woman are, are joined together in marriage, it's permanent. It's mm-hmm. until death. And if one of them, uh, severs that relationship, it turns the other one into an adulterer. That's the language that that Jesus uses in Matthew uh, six to actually describe what divorce is. He's like, if mm-hmm. if if you divorce your wife, then when she, when you remarry, you make her an adulterer. And that's pretty harsh language. To I mean, adultery was a very serious crime in that culture. Yeah. And nowadays, people sleep around like crazy, and it's hard to even have a Christian perspective on that worldview. But
0: even within the church, because Mm -hmm. it's said that the church has a higher divorce rate than the world.
1: Mm -hmm. That's scary. And
0: there are many theories as to why that is. But what I keep coming back to in this is there's actually a verse in Malachi. I can't remember the reference at the moment, but it outwardly... Just bluntly says, God hates divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you liberal theologians, try and work your way around that. Well, does <laughs> it doesn't really mean hate or doesn't really mean divorce. It says, God hates, hates. divorce. Yes. And then Jesus Christ said that if mm-hmm. you divorce her, if you divorce a wife, that you've made her into an adulterer. Mm-hmm. And uh, even just lust, though, makes a man into an adulterer at yes. heart. It's not our words. Mm-mm. That's scripture. That's scripture. That's straight reading from scripture, the way it was intended to be the, read. The
1: way people try to justify it these days, it just makes me a little sick. Mm-hmm. That in the in the church we have so many people who are trying to justify. Well, we don't love each other anymore, or um, you know, it's a sin and it can be forgiven.
0: Or I married the wrong or, one. I married
1: the wrong yeah. one. Yeah. the The whole idea that it's a sin and it can be forgiven that that's kind of. I mean, Paul says in his scripture, "Should we continue to sin that grace can abound?" Is certainly not. I mean, that's not the whole point of being a Christian—is that you just keep sinning just because you can get away with it because your mm-hmm. your 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 slate has been wiped clean? It's like you're, you should desire not to sin. And for me, <clears throat> not being married, it's it's one of those situations where I, I almost am fearful of of a relationship now because I know that in our culture now and in, in our society, they allow no fault divorce in which yeah. your partner can just decide he doesn't want to be married to you anymore and walk out of the marriage. And if you have the, the, the understanding in your heart that divorce is wrong, that that leaves you in a really bad situation. And I firmly believe that in, in such a situation like that, you shouldn't remarry because if you remarry, you are actually making the sin worse. Even if it wasn't your fault to begin with, if you if you just take that down its natural course, you are closing the door on reconciliation and literally walking away from your marriage, even if your spouse was the one that did it first. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's obviously an opinion. We do know that Scripture says that divorce is wrong, and there are a lot of Christians who believe that if if your spouse if your spouse it leaves you, that leaves you open and, to
0: you know if the if the principles of Scripture are followed, then mm-hmm. divorce. Would never be a question because scripture speaks so much about forgiveness and reconciliation Mm -hmm. and speaking words, kind words to each other, building each other up, encouragement and confessing your sins and being kind to one another. All of these things that if you follow those principles, then divorce, it it never gets there. It never gets there. It could never get there at all if you follow. So it's. Sin really follows a linear path that starts from one thing grows and grows and Mm -hmm. grows. Mm -hmm. And so if you stop it early and you just stick with Scripture, then Mm -hmm. you're never going to find yourself in a position.
1: And Scripture even deals with topics of when you become saved and your spouse is unsaved. Mm -hmm. It says that you should live, especially, I think, in the particular passage I'm thinking about is speaking to the woman yes. is that you should behave as a, as a Christian in a godly manner towards your husband, no matter how he treats you, no matter what he does, you don't nag, you don't carry on this, you know, one sided, I'm better than you. You know, you better repent because I'm, you know, it, it's that, um, uh, leading them to the Lord through example. And, and it's important that you don't leave the marriage, that you continue to try to make it work. and, it's um definitely it's a topic in our society i
0: love the testimony of my parents Mm -hmm. because they did divorce Mm -hmm. then my mom came to christ witness to my dad he came to christ and then they got married not because they fell in love again but Mm -hmm. because they believed it was the right thing to do Mm-hmm. And they realized that God hates divorce. Right. So they realized we need to make this right. So they got married again.
1: Well, praise the Lord. That's and, a wonderful testimony. Yeah,
0: it's, of course, it would have been even better if they hadn't married, but this is like the next best thing. You mean the, hadn't uh, divorced? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like I said, thoughts aren't all legible right now.
1: <laughs> we understand. <laughs> There uh, There's some other interesting statements that in this movie that are completely off topic to the whole idea of artificial intelligence. And and one of them uh, is a pretty obvious uh, religious statement that are a referral to a specific event in the Christian Bible that most Christians <laughs> recognize. <laughs> and. Uh,
0: yeah, I I love this <laughs> spot, too.
1: A robot can no more commit murder than a human could walk on water.
0: Well, you know, there was this one guy a long time ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Do you think most people recognize that statement? Do you think they know where it comes from? I mean, even most non-believers in the United States have had some Christian influence sometime mm-hmm. in their life. You think they've heard the Bible story of Jesus walking on the water?
0: I- I don't know. I know the term is used a lot. Mm -hmm. It's even in Over the Hedge, Mm -hmm. the kids movie or the family movie, uh, Walking on Water. And it's, yeah, used a whole lot. But in our culture today, like the younger generation, my generation or younger. Mm -hmm. People in their 20s are younger. Mm -hmm. I don't know, because it's so much a different generation today than it was before.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to know the the actual story that's being referred to here. Obviously for most of our listeners who are Christians are going to recognize it. There's three accounts of it in scripture. One of them is uh in Matthew 14:22 through 33. Uh the others in Mark 6:45 through 52 and it's also in John 6:15 through 25. And it's the story about the disciples uh putting out in their boats without Jesus and when there a storm arises they look out and there's this figure walking to them across the water and it turns and at first they think it's a ghost because it's it's on top of obviously rough and deep water and then when Peter realizes that it's Jesus, his savior, he actually jumps out of the boat and walks on water to meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. But then the waves are so horrible that he loses his, his focus on Christ and he starts to sink. And Jesus says, you know, ye have little faith and, and draws him up and keeps him from sinking and, and brings him to the boat safely. It's a wonderful picture of of God's godhead over nature you know that he's Mm -hmm. able to do something that we know is impossible you can't walk on water and yet he does it and it's just amazing but there's also this very subtle uh subtle thing going on in iRobot where there's where there she says a robot can no more commit murder than a human could walk on water that dell's response was there was this one guy who was the savior of mankind who walked on water you know, a long time ago. He doesn't put that Savior of Mankind thing in there. But if those who are familiar with the story would know that that's what that walking on water signif- signified, it was a miracle by God, that Sonny is then being drawn as a parallel with a Savior. And that's done more than mm-hmm. once in the movie because he did commit murder.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I caught the other times where he's like... Mm-hmm seen as the savior and i even made that note that he's mm-hmm. like the savior of the other robots right but i didn't make that connection
1: there right
0: that wow, wow cool <laughs> connection
1: <laughs> it's very subtle but it's that they build it into the movie on different levels and i thought that was really interesting and, it, and it's just great that they made that reference to the scripture even if it does go over the head of many of the viewers mm-hmm. Another interesting thing that is brought up in the movie is there's actually a little teensy bit of a pro-life statement. Did you did you catch that? There's yeah. um there's this scene where it's actually at the very beginning of the movie and it's kind of splashed throughout the movie that's the traumatic incident in Dell's past that makes him hate robots so much. That he went through uh, a car wreck in which uh the two cars both fell into the river and they were sinking. And the other car had a little girl in it. Mm-hmm. And, and she's alive and drowning in the car at the same time that Dell's alive and drowning in the car. And the robot saves him instead. And it just tears him up that the robot didn't save the girl. Because he, you have
0: I to. That was it. somebody's baby. 11% is more than enough.
1: That the, the where that eleven percent comes in is because they said that the difference engine decided that the girl only had eleven percent chance to live, and Dell had a greater percentage to live, and so he rescued Dell instead of the girl. And one of the things that that just makes me think it's not just the idea of the chance of living of all of our unborn babies that are slaughtered on a daily basis in our country and, and in the world, which is is horrible, but all of the the people who are on life support or who are elderly and and cease to have um, any kind of impact on life, and so they, they give up. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are given chances to live, and if they have such a smidgen of chance to live, they decide that they're going to die anyway, and they give up. It's like that whole, 11% isn't bu- uh, much, but... That's somebody's baby, that's somebody's mom, that's somebody's father, that's somebody's grandma, that's somebody's brother, that's somebody's sister. It it matters. Even 11% chance of life matters. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful they put that movie, that that in the movie.
0: I think that's something that further differences us from a machine. Right. Is that we, you know, there's that thing whenever there's a catastrophe. It's women and and children Mm -hmm. first. Well, women and children logically are least survivable like they're not mm-hmm. as strong for survivability weaker, right? as men are and mm-hmm. i'm not being sexist there i'm just being <laughs> real right um
1: but yet they represent the furtherance the re- the the future of humanity
0: yeah that and also it's an an issue of honor for the mm-hmm. men that uh, scripture even says in john it says greater love has no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends mm-hmm. and in Ephesians Ephesians uh, f- uh, 4 or 5. I should know this because I'm studying this getting ready to be married. It's uh, Paul tells husbands to be like Christ and to give their lives for their wives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the self-sacrifice is one thing that's completely inferior mm-hmm. to machines. Right. And the the concept of not just who's more likely to survive, but it's it's really a hard decision mm-hmm. for us but right. when we are saving someone, we tend to go toward the person who's least likely to survive mm-hmm. that that one who might not be able to save themselves
1: and I can think of instances where you know the whole concept of triage in a in a warlike or an accident situation where they they quickly uh look at all of the victims and they know the ones that have the least chance of survival and they have limited resources to to aid to render aid and so they render aid to the ones who have the most likely mm-hmm. might that are most likely to survive and they let the other ones die and those are hard choices to make but i think that in this situation they're referring to the idea that he says a human would have known different yeah a human being would have known that they would have been able to make a better decision because the girl is young and she represents a longer life and she's female. And there's all these other situations that you would put ahead of the fact that she has a smaller percentage of surviving than the man. And when Dell looks at that, he's like a human would have known a different way i mean he's yelling the whole time at the robot save her save her save her and he gets saved instead Mm -hmm. and that that situation where he he's like a human would have known that there's more to this decision than just percentages it's not a problem that you can solve with arithmetic yeah and that's i mean there's more to human rationality more than to human logic than putting numbers to something
0: and it is it's, that incident that really makes him biased against the robots, mm-hmm. which is why the professor Calvin used him and requested him specifically to be a part of because this. He because he was the only
1: one with a bias against the robots. Yeah. In fact, there's this whole message where his, his uh, chief and the police asked him a very strong question about robots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many robots in the world have ever committed a crime? No, define crime <laughs> i like that because he was like not define crime because <laughs> he knows the answer is no they have never had a robot commit a crime but he has that bias anyway he's he's going to try and work it around you know linguistically you know, define crime i've got to figure out some way to make in his mind robots are capable of murder because that little girl died hmm. because that robot made a decision that was not based on the right things and because of that a little girl died and that's what's in his head the whole time
0: now that is an example of exploring the realm of the first law of robotics which is a robot a robot might may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm so when it finds two human beings
1: it has to make a choice yeah
0: and right. what does it have to resort to just Mathematics, Rand, Rand, yeah. yeah,
1: that's the only thing it has, which makes means that the robots are not perfect in their understanding of the laws. Mm-hmm. And that's what what Dale is trying to get across to Dr. Calvin in several instances throughout the movie is that, you know, that they can't, that the rationality of the laws does not necessarily mean that the robots cannot harm or bring or cause harm because there's always some way to twist things. And, and it turns out in the end of the movie that he was right. Mm-hmm. There are um, just a few other little things that I saw in the movie. Uh, one of them uh, was prejudice. Did you catch all of the uh, the quotes and stuff that had to do with prejudice in the movie it was It was yeah. kind of like an underlying theme because they were treating robots as second class citizens without the rights and the uh, the ability to decide for themselves in fact, that was the worst with his biases treating Sonny as a thing, the way he talks to him and everything and there's this there's a quote near the end of the movie um where cal um, or where Sonny is amazed that he actually refers to him as someone instead of something.
0: Thank you. You said someone, not something.
1: That is one of the, situ- the one of the one instances where Dell is finally beginning to see Sunny as an individual and not as a machine, and it's a very slow progression through the movie because he, his way of referring to robots mm-hmm. is very prejudicial through the whole movie,
0: and it kind of slipped from him because he's mm-hmm. starting to interact with Sonny as a human being, and that's why it just kind of slipped. Whereas. Near the beginning of the movie, he was being so critical over why'd you design them this way, and here's what he said about that: Why do you give them faces? Try to friendly them all up, make them look all human.
1: (laughs) That's kind of an interesting statement that we try to anthropomorphize a lot of things. Oh yeah, I mean that—that's our way of of um, making things more companionable, I guess, or more acceptable to us, to, to make them pretty, not uh, to make them more acceptable. And, yeah, I mean, he he was basically answering his whole question there. Uh, there is some scripture that has to do with prejudice, and I, I know that in some people's minds who are looking at the Christian worldview from outside, uh, they think that Christians are very prejudiced, and that um, there's actually in the past uh, people who have claimed to be Christians who have, you know, displayed yeah. a great deal of prejudice. And even some
0: of the great mm-hmm. f- people of faith. Right. Still, because even people of faith, great people of faith, still are people who have the capacity to sin. Right. There are still things right. that we've messed up and right. people have messed up.
1: It, it's interesting that scripture wise, there's very little that you can find that where. Uh, you can't justify prejudice with Scripture mm-hmm. because there's so much in Scripture that says that you, that you shouldn't do it. Uh, in Acts 10, 34 through 35, it says, opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. There, That is the statement that Peter makes in regards to bringing the uh, uh, gospel to Gentiles because originally they thought that christ came to save the jews but he came to save everyone and it was this that was a realization that the apostles themselves had to come to realize that this the gift of salvation was for everyone regardless of what nation they were from what color of skin they had any of that it was it just didn't matter to god that it was an impartial gift that the only thing that mattered was whether or not you chose christ in Romans 2, 9 through 12, it says, There will be tribulation and distress for every solo man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. In 1 Timothy five twenty one.
0: Well, before you go on to that yeah. one, uh, I wanted to mention Romans th- 3, 23 or yeah 323 says for all have sinned mm-hmm. and fallen short of the glory of right. God
1: right. all everyone
0: it doesn't just say oh the Caucasians have sinned or the <laughs> the, uh, the black people have sinned it's all, all.
1: Right. right it's it's humanity mm-hmm. and and those of us who have kind of studied the idea of of we're all one race and how God created man is that there is this whole idea of race is is really a, a a no issue because genetically there is, there is no differentiation. The, the color of skin even really isn't different colors. It's different shades of the same color, uh, facial characteristics and, you know, like slanted eyes or big noses or whatever has very little to do with any, it's not race. We're all the same race. It it all just has to do with who you mated with, <laughs> you know yeah. the mix of genes and and how the genes have separated based on culture, and it it there's there's no reason to look at somebody who is different from you and say that they're some other race and that they don't deserve the gospel mm-hmm. that should or even deserve equal treatment because of anything.
0: Yeah, yep. and God then puts the line. Like going back to the Acts passage that you shared, it Mm -hmm. said, um, opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the man who fears him and Mm -hmm. does what is right is welcome to him. Now that's not a racial issue.
1: It's a spiritual one. Yes.
0: That is a willful choice. Mm -hmm. And... The reason that God punishes sinners is because we have willfully chosen to rebel against God's authority. It's not that we're of a certain race or that God mm-hmm. has decided to punish a certain race, but we have all willfully chosen to disobey
1: God. So then it comes down to a different kind of racial concern. It's like the 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 those who are of the family of God mm-hmm. and those who are not in the family of God. Whenever you marry somebody, you are marrying a brother and sister, or a sister, maybe many times removed. There, yeah. there is no way that you could get away from being outside of the family, genetic wise, because we are all the same family. We're all descended from Adam and Eve, and after him Noah and and uh, his sons. Mm-hmm. We 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 have that genetic heritage that brings us all together to the same family. But, the, but those of us who have accepted Christ's free gift of salvation are grafted into a new family. We are of a new race, and that is the forgiven race, the body mm-hmm. of Christ. And so when it comes to concepts like interracial marriage and relationships like that, it has nothing to do with blood. It mm-hmm. has to do with uh, the spiritual condition of the heart.
0: Which actually does have to do with blood, but <laughs> it's, just not it's a ours. That different kind
1: of blood, yes. <laughs> it's
0: Christ's blood.
1: Uh, there's there's actually a lot of stuff in this movie. Uh, there, one of the underlying themes that runs through the whole thing is purpose. Uh, Sonny asks Dell on a, I think a couple occasions whether uh, whether he believes in being created for a purpose that we all have a purpose.
0: But I believe my father made me for a purpose. We all have a purpose. Don't you think, detective?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, I mean, that's pretty powerful language. In Proverbs sixteen three 3-5, it says, Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. <laughs> Everything in Scripture has a purpose. In fact, there's this line of God's will and purpose for his creation that stretches from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation, to the end of Revelation. There's, there's, his plan requires purposeful action on the part of himself and Jesus and each of us who are grafted into the body. Um, in Luke seven twenty nine through thirty, it says, "When all the people and the tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. So that you can reject the purpose of your Maker, and that is, you know, we were discussing earlier the whole concept of being uh, of re- rejecting the gift and turning your back on." Uh, those things that God wants you to do mm-hmm. um, another statement I found in acts thirteen thirty six it says, "For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid among his fathers and underwent decay there There is a um, statement also in the movie um, What about the others? Can I help them?"
0: Now that I have fulfilled my purpose, I don't know what to do. I guess you'll have to find your way like the rest of us, Sonny. I think that's what Dr. Lanning would have wanted. That's what it means to be free.
1: There is a little bit of a non-Christian feel to that, and that Mm -hmm. he's like, now you're free to make your own choices. Sonny says, now that I have fulfilled my purpose, he thinks that the purpose for which he is created was Done and over with, and that statement in Acts where it talks about that David, after he served his purpose in his own generation, fell asleep, it made me think about the fact that we God knows our that our what God knows the end of our days. He sees that from the beginning. He He knows when we're going to be born. He knows every instance of our life to the moment that He calls us home to be with Him. And so, therefore, you do not have you never cease to have. Mm -hmm. a purpose. You never fulfill your purpose and I'm free from that. You should always be seeking the will of the Lord because your purpose isn't fulfilled until the day you die.
0: Yeah, we're we're supposed we were created with the capacity for relationship Mm -hmm. and scripture is so much about our relationship with God and relationship with others and our relationship with God well, that doesn't end that's supposed to be eternal Mm -hmm. and that's what salvation is about, is it gives us that relationship with God so that we will have an eternal relationship with Him, as opposed to if we continue to live in rebellion against God and mm-hmm. rebellion against Christ's work on the cross, then we will live, or after we die, we mm-hmm. will be forever without with the relationship.
1: Right. Exactly. In Romans eight twenty nine says, "...and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him, to those who are called according to His purpose." So even our, our calling in, our, in life is according to God's purpose. It's not something that we make up on our own. Mm-hmm. In Ephesians one ten through 12, it says, In him also we have ador- obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will to the end, that we who were the first to hope in Christ, would be to the praise of his glory. So our main purpose in this life is to bring glory to God. Isn't that wonderful?
0: Yeah. (laughs) And it's something that we're all able to do. I like, um, I think it's Corinthians, maybe Romans, says, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. So don't start thinking that you have to be a missionary to Africa, unless God calls you to. (laughs) Why is it always Africa? I don't (laughs) know.
1: Maybe because there's so many third world countries in Africa.
0: (laughs) But can you glorify God? I I like the way that a friend of mine put it. Can you glorify God while eating buffalo wings? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But can you live your life in such a way that when others look at you, they see Christ Mm-hmm. And that your life is glorifying God, and so that when you then speak to others and share the gospel with others, not just waiting for them to ask, why is your no? Uh, I'm I'm very against lifestyle evangelism, but <laughs> uh, because Scripture tells us to go out and right. preach the gospel and make disciples. So when. We have that testimony, personal testimony of living a life that glorifies God. Then, when we do go out and we speak, people know it's real mm-hmm. because they see it in our lives, right. demonstrated. Right, right.
1: <laughs> there's a whole lot to talk about in this movie. <laughs> I was just looking back through my notes. It's like we could keep going on and on, and on but I do think there's one last thing that I want to touch on, just very briefly.
0: I think it would be better not
1: to die. <laughs> this is obviously a, an in- instance where Sonny is faced with death and he's talking about well obviously it's better not to die. Mm-hmm. There there's just a couple scriptures this brought to mind for me. Romans 14:8 is one of them for if we live we live for the Lord if we die we die for the Lord. Therefore whether we live or die we are the Lord's and First Corinthians 9:15, and this is the voice of Paul here, but I have used none of these things, and I am not writing these things so that it will be done so in my case, for it would be better for me to die than have any man make any boast of mine, an empty one. And you know, I think that as Christians, we know that death is inevitable, and because of the sin, death is inevitable. But we also know that there's something beyond death. So we take the burden off of death as being the end. Mm-hmm. And it's a sad, sad commentary on the world that we have so many atheists and uh, people who deny God who want with their greatest being for death to be the final, that that there's nothing after death. Because if there's something after death, they're faced with a uh, consequence to their decisions they made in their lifetime that they don't want to have to face and it's it's just one of those situations this kind of movie kind of brings that out because you're you're looking at a robot you're looking at something that doesn't have an immortal soul that isn't going to go to an afterlife and when you destroy its brain it's gone for good and and i think that asimov especially he was very adamant atheist i think that in his mind, that was all there was. And, mm-hmm. of course, now he knows better, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: Yeah. You know, Hebrews nine, uh, twenty-seven says, And inasmuch as it is appointed for man to die once, and after this comes the judgment, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. There is no chance after death. Mm-hmm. Death is final. Once you die, it says, after this, the judgment. Right. So he, I remember seeing a video at some point of a guy that said, well, when I die, then I'll ask forgiveness afterward. And it's <laughs> no, there's no chance mm-hmm. afterward. No. It's appointed to a man once to die once, and then mm-hmm. after that, the judgment.
1: And I just... If if there's anybody listening right now who has not really examined the gospel that really doesn't understand what Christ has done for them, I I really, really urge you to pull out your Bible and read the book of John because there is so much in there about um, Christ's sacrifice and, and why he existed and what he has done for you. And it's my plea that none of you meets the end of their life without that hope of eternity. Mm
0: -hmm. One last thing that I wanted to share too was something that kind of stood out to me from comparing it, comparing this to scripture. Mm -hmm. The created must sometimes protect the creator, even against his will. Mm. Now, the correlation I got from that, and again, a lot of the things that we're talking about, we're not saying that the movie is implying all of these <laughs> oh connections, but we're, we're learning from them and approaching them critically thinking. But here, something that stood out to me is sometimes people feel like they have to defend God, mm-hmm. that they have to come up with all of these words to defend God or to explain God's position. But the Word of God speaks for itself. It's it's the Word of God. It speaks for God. Right. And so instead of having to explain to others, uh, for example, in the last episode, we talked about divorce. Instead mm-hmm. of trying to explain to others, well, divorce is bad for this reason, this reason, this reason, just read scripture. <laughs> God hates divorce. It's from Malachi. Or when talking about abortion, mm-hmm. we can just look at scripture and it says that you knew me in my mother's womb you formed me i was your works are marvelous and you you created me and so much more that god's word really speaks for itself we mm-hmm. don't have to try to defend or protect god his word does that we just have to learn how to use his word his word is mm-hmm. a sword we have to learn how to use it, not try and make our own little weapons and shields and stuff. That, that
1: And fails. there's also a little point of reminder in there is that we cannot revise Scripture to say what we want it to say. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who do that. They try to, to, to take a verse here and a verse there and, and leave out the bits they don't want to talk about. And you have to take Scripture as a whole. And and yes, you can pull scripture. You can pull verses out of like the Old Testament that makes the makes God look bad. If I've seen atheists do that I mean, a lot on, on they a YouTube, lot. they they like have these: "Is this the God you want to serve?" And they like show all of the, like the judgment passages from the the uh, prophets in in the Old Testament, and they don't put that in context, so you don't see that God is just. Yes, he is just. He is just, but he's also good. Mm-hmm and And so that justice comes out of his goodness, but he's always provides a way out for his people. There's always and and the biggest way out is dying on the cross for us. Mm-hmm. that's the biggest way out because it gives us that hope after death
0: it's It's really the only way out right and who are we to question God's justice when we ourselves? have obeyed in rebellion against his Mm -hmm. justice. right? right. So we're not the best ones to try and question his justice because we broke it. We're worthy of his judgment.
1: And who's the created to to second guess our creator?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, we've run out of time for now and (laughs) we've had a lot of stuff to share and there was no doubt a lot more that we could have shared if we really really wanted to go through this like hours and hours and (laughs) hours. But we want to leave some stuff that you can talk about and that you can discover too, and perhaps discover with your family. If this is a movie that you want to watch with your family, Uh, even though I discovered that when I rewatched it, it has the Shia LaBeouf factor in it, <laughs> With this, no, 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 no. Wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. There's I, also quite a bit yeah. of really foul language in this movie. I hadn't yeah, really realized. PG-13.
0: Yeah,
1: I was really surprised watching it this time. I was actually sensitive to it. And I was like, whoa. And even when I was pulling the quotes for us to use in the podcast, I actually had to carefully yeah. time some of them so that there wouldn't be any language. Because we want to keep our podcast clean. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... If you have some thoughts that you want to share on this discussion, then you can make sure you've listened to part one, which is over at areyoujustwatching.com slash 16. The show notes for this episode are at com slash 17. Now, if you want to comment on anything that we've said in either of these episodes, you can either do that at those show notes or you can email feedback at noodle.mx or call our voicemail or listener voicemail line at eight five nine. 353 4332. And when you are on the website, areyoujustwatching.com just redirects you to noodle.mx, the Noodle Mix Network. When you're on their website, check out all your other podcasts too, and you might find something that you enjoy or can benefit from. And you can check out some of the stuff that we're working on, especially you've probably heard, if you're subscribed to the podcast, you've probably heard Eve and um, Chris's recent conversation about uh some some movie out there <laughs> where people like suck other people's blood <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> movie for uh, girls.
1: Uh, oh <laughs> <Twilight. you did. laughs>
0: but if you've heard that episode, do make sure I know they mentioned it in the episode, but do make sure that you go back and read in the blog what Eve has written there about the books from a from mm-hmm. a critical thinking perspective and going through an extremely thorough and a lot to read there. So check everything out. That's over at areyoujustwatching.com takes you to the are you just watching section of the Noodle Mix Network. Now, if you want to connect with us on a more personal level, then you can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle.
1: And I'm on twitter.com slash Franklin. And don't forget about our affiliate link, too, to Amazon.com, where you can uh, just, you know, buy to your heart's content, and and it helps us out without costing you a cent.
0: Yeah, the direct link to that is noodle.mx slash Amazon. And by the way, any old links you've heard still work, so they just take you to the right place. (laughs) But we hope to hear from you soon. I'm getting married soon, so it might be a little while, but I'm Daniel Lewis.
1: And I'm Eve Franklin.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Don't just watch.
0: Are you just watching? Is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djoshepdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers and Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at AnswersVBS.com.
1: Find more great, clean podcasts like this one at cleancasts.com.